Here's Freeman to the path. Touchdown! And that breaks the record. No one has scored more rushing touchdowns in the Pac-12 than Royce Freeman. You could tell them that I've been from hell and back. When the heat is on, I fire back. In this cold world, where your light is at, let's burn it down. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Today I'm joined by John Lab. You can follow him on Twitter at GridironScholar91. Really excited for this episode. We're going to talk Royce Freeman. John, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. And you know, there's two things. One, I heard that you're a Jets fan, so I want to give you my condolences. And two, I just have to say, I'm so old, my friend, and I've been watching the draft for so long. I don't even you were if you were born yet. I remember Roger Vick being drafted in 1987 by the Jets. And I remember people booing for that classic fullback out of Texas A&M. Can you imagine in today's world a team taking a fullback in the first round of the draft? And then the, the infamous Blair Thomas. And I have to, I'll admit it, I loved him coming out of Penn State. I actually thought the Jets had made a good move, but it just didn't turn out to be very good. So the Jets were reality TV before anyone knew what the reality TV is at the annual draft. I just have some great memories of the Jets. That's hilarious and hurtful at the same time. (laughs) Uh, Well, listen, I I can't believe the Jets drafting a fullback because I can't believe the Jets would draft an offensive player given the (laughs) the last century of drafting. Any anytime we don't draft a three four defensive end, I get excited. But yeah, man, listen. The the old joke I have is when people say, "Why why do you want to go into scouting?" I was like, "Well, because as a Jets fan, you choose scouting or you choose therapy, and those are the two options you get." But uh, let's talk about Royce Freeman. I, I know you're a big fan of him. I'm, I was a little bit lower than maybe should have been. I still have a couple more games to go back to. I just want to point out that the combine is now over for running backs. This is the first post combine podcast we have. He tested out real well. He measured in at five eleven and a half. 229, um, ran a 4.54, which is a real good time for him. It puts him in the 85th percentile for a speed score in terms of his weight. He didn't jump particularly well, but also really impressed in the three cone with a 6.9, which is a really good time for someone his size. So uh, I just wanted to throw it out there. Like when you watch his game, what gets you most excited about him? So, you know, I was really surprised at his athletic scores at the combine. You know, now I'm a big college fantasy football fan. And I've had Royce Freeman for a long time on my college fantasy football games. So I've probably seen him play maybe 20 times live in the last four years. So I think what happens is people forget how good he was as a freshman. When he was a freshman with Marcus Mariota and that team, Oregon, went to the CF. CFP championship game. He was great that year with 1,300 yards and 18 touchdowns. But he was even more amazing as a sophomore with 1,836 yards, and he scored 19 touchdowns. I actually thought that he was going to come out into the NFL at the end of his sophomore season. I thought his draft stock was very high. I thought that he might have even gone at the end of the first round, early second round. There was a lot of publicity about him. A lot of scouts were talking about him. And I was kind of shocked at the time that he came back to Oregon. So it was interesting. Now, I've been bullish on him the whole time. College fantasy football, I was always getting him cheap. People didn't seem to like him. Junior year, he got hurt. And you look at the numbers. And he just wasn't as productive as a junior as he had been the year before. 
So I think he kind of slipped off the radar for some years. But what I think we're forgetting is how bad Oregon became. You know, Chip Kelly left that team. And the first two years that he was at Oregon, they were able to be successful because of the talent that Kelly brought in. Afterwards, the talent just has fallen off the cliff at Oregon. And I think that was representative of his junior season. Freeman also got hurt. So the numbers weren't as spectacular. And I think a, pe a lot of people wrote him off. And I got him dirt cheap, Ethan, in college fantasy football last year. No one wanted him. You know, he ended up having another very, very good season last year. You know, he ends up with 1,365 yards and 18 touchdowns. This is a man whose production has been phenomenal at the college level. 5,621 yards rushing, 64 total touchdowns. Not only is he Oregon's all-time rushing leader, but he's seventh in college football history. Now, when I started looking at Freeman way back in November from a scouting perspective, how am I going to look at him towards the NFL level? What really shocked me was how many people did not think he was that athletic because I saw a lot of the film and I thought he did have athleticism. Yes, there were some weaknesses in his game, but you know, I thought the community discounted his athletic ability where I was a little bit more bullish on it than most people. So when at the combine, you mentioned that some of these scores, you know, the 20 yard shuffle, you didn't mention that. He had 4.16. My benchmark is usually when I'm looking for running backs, I like them to be around 4.3 seconds. I was actually shocked that he was so far below that benchmark. So when I look at his total combine score, I say, hey, this young prospect can clearly play in the NFL. He has the athletic ability. So I was really surprised because what my film studies said to me, what I've seen out of this young man, it is obvious at his combine scores, his spark scores, he has the athletic ability. Now, you mentioned it. He's 5'11", 229 pounds. He doesn't play as big as his weight would seem. He actually is a big man with athletic ability, and at times he plays smaller. So, you know, I like the fact he's 5'11". I like my running backs between about 5'10 and 6 feet. You know, I don't want him at 6'2 in general. I don't like him at 5'7". So I really like this body type. And what the three-cone drill and the 20-yard shuttle showed me is that he's going to have that lateral quickness between the tackles that I really like. Now, I would like to see him be a little stronger. You don't see that on the film, but we can talk about why I think we don't see it on the film and part of it's Oregon's offense and how it is structured. But I clearly think Freeman now is an end of the second round player, early third round prospect. What do you think of him now, Elliot? Because I said, I remember you had told me that you weren't that bullish on him. What do you think now? Yeah, so obviously the athleticism was really impressive. I think that his best trait that you didn't mention was his vision. I think that's what makes him a good running back is he really anticipates holes incredibly well. 
He sets defenders up in the second level, and he understands defensive leverage. So he has all the vision traits that you look for. He's really good in an outside zone stretch kind of scheme. I think he could have a lot of success in that system and then at the next level. My my big issues with Freeman are, one, I don't think he's going to contribute much in the passing game. I don't think he profiles as a guy that's going to do anything like that. And he mentioned his size, and he certainly had power. He could run through contact, but he wasn't running through contact at the rate that I would like for him to run through contact. I don't think he's the kind of a guy that's going to be super elusive. I think he's the kind of guy that has good athletic scores for his testing. He's a better athlete than I thought he was going to be. But he's going to win with his vision and understanding of defensive leverage and taking advantage of that. So the way I think he's really successful in the NFL is by going behind a good offensive line and being able to take advantage of that vision. So, But my big thing and the thing I continue to talk about is lack of receiving ability is a concern for me and I don't just mean whether or not he can catch the football because I know he caught 16 26 23 and 14 passes in his four years but I I have a concern about whether or not he's a weapon like I I assume that he can be a dump off receiver but I don't think he's the kind of guy you can split out in the slot I don't know if he's a great pass protector I, I think he's kind of like a two down guy that you could dump the ball off to and that guy in general to me is really losing value in the NFL today so I'm moving him up my board after the combine. I think he made himself a lot of money, and I think he proved a lot of people wrong. But I still have those concerns about his game. All of your concerns are legitimate. Now, if you go back to some of the tape when he's a freshman and sophomore, there's actually a couple plays where Oregon runs him 15, 20 yards down the field on patterns. Now, they didn't do that as much the last two years. You had changes in the offensive personnel, and you had changes in the coordinators. One of the things that I liked about him, he had three head coaches in college and four different offensive coordinators. So this young man has had to learn a bunch of different systems. And I kind of like that. You know, he hasn't been plugged into the exact same offense. You know, it's not like he's played for Urban Meyer or Nick Saban for three or four years in a row where they're running the exact same run scheme, same blocking patterns. He's had to play in a diff- in a couple different schemes, and I like that. Now, I completely agree with you on one. I think he's going to be very dependent from a fantasy football perspective where he lands. Ellie, I couldn't agree with you more. He is a great zone runner, and he does need some wide open lanes. You know, while it's interesting because the three-cone drill and the 20-yard shuttle show you that he's got athleticism. When you watch the tape, he's not tremendously incredible with wiggle and elusiveness in the hole but when they can spread him wide and he can use his vision you're absolutely right when the offense gives him that lane and he can see the lane and now we got this really nice 40 yard time you can see that when the lane opens you can see freeman plant his leg and he can take off so i do agree with you with a little bit of the scheme dependent now i Agree. In general, I'm not sure if he's the best pass catcher. I think you're probably right. In the NFL, he's more of a dump off. But I do think if you get him in one-on-one with linebackers, I think he can make an average linebacker. I think he can get out, you know, avoid the tackle, and he can break it upfield. And he's going to be a problem if he's if a safety has to deal with him in the open field or a cornerback. So you could probably scheme some dump-off passes, maybe a few screens to him. I agree. Look, he's not going to be um, Deion Lewis, but I think he has a potential for 20 to 30 receptions 
at the NFL level if they use him. Now, he might be a perfect guy for New England. You know, he, I'm, you know, I'm just exaggerating here. But, you know, if they kept James White, let Deion Lewis go, you know, maybe he could be the type of guy that New England gets the most out of his talents. Now, I do like his breakaway ability, and, I, and we see that with the 40-yard time. When he gets the open lane and he's downfield and he can use his vision, I think he's very good there. I do agree with you. He has good patience, which comes from his vision. Comes from his vision. He makes those subtle cuts and he accelerates without losing stride. But when you watch him at Oregon, a lot of the times they really do spread the offense out. So I want to talk about scheme dependent. In a very good scenario, he would go to a zone running game like Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. I'm wondering if Shanahan's going to like Freeman on film. I've been a Bronco fan my whole life. I've watched the Shanahan system all the way from Terrell Davis, Orlando's Gary, Mike Anderson, then Alfred Morris in Washington. I know what the Shanahan's are looking for. Now, last year they took um, Joe Williams out of Utah. I think Freeman's a much better talent than Joe Williams or Matt Breida, you know, depending on what they do with Carlos Hyde. So I'm very interested to see if San Francisco likes Freeman and they look him as the idea zone runner in his system. You're really never sure what the Shanahan's are going to look for, what Kyle wants, but he might be a perfect fit there. The other fit I really think that I'm, I'm optimistic about Freeman getting into, I would love to see him in the Houston Texans backfield. And here's why. If you go back to his freshman and sophomore season at Oregon, when he had a good quarterback, his freshman year was Marcus Mariota. His sophomore year was Dakota Prokoff. Now, he's not an NFL quarterback, but he was an efficient college quarterback who came to Oregon as a fifth-year senior, and he had about 2,700 yards passing, and he gave a little bit of oomph to that Oregon passing game. When you see Oregon, those first two years, when they spread out the offense and they put them in 11 or 12 personnel on the field, three receivers or four receivers with a tight end or none, and they left Freeman in the backfield, Oregon did a lot of creative things with pulling of the guards, pulling the backside tackle, using a blocking tight end to give Freeman. He would read that tight end or he would read the guard who was pulling and then Freeman would make his cut up field. I could see them running RPOs with Deshaun Watson and what would make him so dominant, I believe, in that Houston offense is you have DeAndre Hopkins Will Fuller, the safeties must stay back, and they absolutely have to account for Deshaun Watson's deep passing ability. If if Freeman lands there, and I see Bill O'Brien, who did some very creative things with Deshaun Watson, with the Texans this year, if he took Freeman's film and he said, let me incorporate what this young man did best at Oregon – let me use him with Watson, Hopkins, and Fuller. I think he could be a very interesting fantasy asset. But I do agree with you completely. It's going to be dependent where he goes. I, If you put him in a gap system, I do not believe Freeman's going to be the best player in that system. And I agree with you. For a big man, he doesn't use his strength as much as I would like him to. But that's okay. 
We have to look at Freeman as actually a big man with little feet and use him in that type of scenario. Get him in space, allow him to use his vision, and then we could have a productive back. Do not think you're going to put him into like a Seattle. You put him behind Seattle's offensive line, where I've actually read on Twitter, people are like, oh, you know, Freeman could be the real nice guy for the Seahawks to get in the second round. I think that could be a disaster. You're talking about a bad offensive line in a system that's looking for a power running back between the tackles because they're always looking for that Marshawn Lynch. That's why they like Thomas Rawls a little bit. I think that would be the worst scenario for a Royce Freeman. Yeah, I, I think the issue with Houston is that I think he's a pretty similar player with Foreman, and I don't think he's going to add the passing uh, complementary role that, that you think. And the other issue is that they don't have a first or second round pick, so a running back's probably a luxury pick for them at this point. Again, my issue is that I don't I don't see him as this guy that profiles as a big-time pass receiver, so I think he's going to ultimately be used in first and second down situations, and we've seen those running backs continue to drop in the draft and this is a very deep running back class so i'd be very surprised if he goes before mid round three my, my guess is round four with him but that's not necessarily a grading thing that's just a running backs being devalued and pushing him down the the guy when i watch him play the guy he reminds me of is matt forte minus the receiving ability because mostly the trade i'm po- focusing on is the vision i think matt forte had excellent vision and again i think freeman's vision is is right up there with penny and probably michelle's the three best guys in terms of their your vision in the in the class i don't necessarily want to talk about all these other guys because this is a freeman podcast but i think at the end of the day when you have that kind of vision you're going to stick around in the nfl like he has the size and one thing we didn't talk about was his durability issues you know you mentioned that he was banged up in 2016 he played through some injuries in 2017 and it, it affected his ability to run through contact and so on because like you said his freshman and sophomore years were very impressive but a guy that has his game that doesn't certainly make a lot of people miss He's, he's probably going to get nicked up some. That's kind of the history of the running back situation. So I think he's one of these guys that you take advantage of his vision. I don't necessarily want him as my starting running back in the NFL, but if he finds his way into that role, I think he could have a lot of success. He could be like a fourth or fifth round uh, Jordan Howard kind of guy. But when you watch him, is there a guy that he reminds you of? You know, I do like the Matt Forte comp. You know, I also think a little bit. Now, here's he has the feet of a LeGarrette Blunt. He has, he's got a big man's body with a little man's feet. Now, what made LeGarrette Blunt so interesting was he was just a power back also. And Freeman doesn't have that. You know, and Forte has the pass catching. But I think if you combine Forte and LeGarrette Blunt, you have a little bit of Royce Freeman here, maybe with a little bit more speed. But sometimes I forget how good Forte was, you know, when he was a uh, first and second year player. There was a lot more of that breakaway speed that obviously has dissipated over the years in the NFL and the number of carries he took and the number of hits. But I, I think he has that little man feet. And I remember when LeGarrette Blunt ironically came out of Oregon. That to me was the one thing that was very, very interesting about Blunt. He had these very quick feet, but he was a much more determined, a much better between the tackles runner. And I think Freeman is a better receiver because we know Blunt is actually zero, you know, in, in the passing game. He doesn't help you at all um, catching the ball. He's not a threat. Um, so I think he's kind of in those two. I, I put him in those two similarities of both, but then at the same time, neither one of those two players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's not blunt catching the ball. He's also not. I mean, Forte's an all-time 
pass catching running back. So I, I was just trying to focus on the the vision aspect. Whenever I compare someone, you're trying to compare a trait, and you just compared his feet to Blunt's feet in terms of bigger running back. So so I like that one. Uh, John, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. You you ripped it up with Freeman. You you had a ton of information, a lot of really good stuff. Uh, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, I'm on Gridiron Skull 91 on Twitter. All of my draft preview files are free on um, Football Diehards. You can always follow follow any of my stuff there. Read all my stuff, and I do college football analysis throughout the summer. If you love college fantasy football. Awesome, guys. Make sure you check them out. Guys, I'm Elliot Chris, as always, your host of the Draft Daily Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Please uh, th- throw us a rating, man. Everyone helps. We really appreciate your listening. Thank Tell you.